1: Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope. This show is about hope. It is about people who have been in hopeless situations and they were able to find sometimes what is only a thread of hope to pull themselves out, to start over, to gain confidence and to change their lives. So every story is about someone who was at the bottom of whatever situation they were in and was able to turn that around. And that's what's so exciting, because we live in a world that is a hopeless world. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know what our personal future holds. We possibly can lose a job or lose a loved one. We don't know what's around the corner the next day. But if we take the attitude... That there is always hope for improvement. There is always hope that things will get better. And we change our own attitude. It changes our lives. And that's what each one of my guests share, is how they took a look at their own life and was able to turn it around It is incredibly exciting because every story is different, and I truly believe that every person has a story, and that every person on this planet has been in a position where they have felt hopeless. So join me today in listening to yet another one of these incredible stories. We are now in over 140 countries where this message of hope is being broadcast. And that thrills me, thrills me to know, first of all, that there are that many people out there who are listening and hearing the message, and also that there are so many people who have accomplished what they have set out to do and overcame their hopelessness, and they are willing to share their story. Sometimes they're really, really sad, sometimes they're just encouraging but they all have the same message, and that is we made it through, we overcame, and we want to share our stories. With me today, I have Janet Bonin of Fine-Tuned Families. and She is an, an accredited life coach and parenting educator. She is the creator of the Fine-Tuned Family Cycle, and she also has a YouTube audio and video podcast series called and i love this wise parents wise kids (laughs) now since 2001 janet has been able to help busy parents reduce stress yes (laughs) and discord yes and achieve more peaceful happy and thriving family lives. And in the world that we were just talking about, where there is so much hopelessness, this is a phenomenal message to be taking to the world. Now parenting has to be more difficult than ever before. I mean I look at I watch my my children raise their children and I think, could I have managed so well you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, as they seem to be managing now. So it does give me hope to know that there are people who are managing through these really tough times. And I I know that this is one of the things that Janet is going to share with us today. But even through the challenges, and even though they may be greater than we ever had in previous generations, there's always hope. And with that comes answers and solutions. And this is what Janet is going to share with us today. So I welcome you, Janet. Thank you for being here.
2: Thank you so much, Carol, for inviting me to come and visit with you. And I say a warm hello to all the listeners out there. I hope that what I share today not only Touches your hearts, but gives you hope and ideas that you can take into your own lives, especially for the parents and families out there.
1: Excellent. And I like the word ideas because we have tools to share or you have tools to share today. <laughs> okay, so let's start with your season that you had to get through. And that was about your son, Joseph. Could you share a little bit about that, please? Yes.
2: Yes. My husband, John, and I have three sons. They are 21 to 25 years of age now, so we're on the back end of the raising of the children, and they're fine young men. This story that I'm sharing today, Carol, is a story that I share with my youngest son's permission, my family's permission, about my son, Joseph, in his high school senior year. My son Joseph is a smart and outgoing young man. During his high school, senior year especially, he loved being in band theater and challenging himself with every advanced placement, which is the same thing as honors class, he could take. In his senior year, as with many young people finishing their high school education, he bit off a bit more than he could chew, Carol. As I've remarked to many high school seniors, anyone who will listen, applying for colleges and applying for scholarships takes as much time as a part-time job. Uh And many of these young kids are trying to keep on with the pace they set, 9th, 10th, and 11th grade, and then add this part-time job on top of it. Uh So, the same was true for Joseph. As a way to relieve stress, Joseph took to taking long drives in his car with the radio turned up loud, and he'd just drive for a while, he'd calm down, then he'd come back and get back to business, whatever that was. In the wee hours of one morning in the spring of his senior year, so the second half of his senior year, he was feeling really stressed and took off for a long drive without letting any of us know. He left his cell phone behind. That's important. We couldn't reach him. The series of events that took place next were life threatening mm. we didn 't even know what was going on. Joseph has his own story to share and his own perspective of coming through what happens next. but I just wanted to share a little bit of my side of it. Um, he was out driving and was we live in the hill country, so the the area off the side of our interstates are are hilly they have lots of trees, lots of shrubbery. Unfortunately, when he was out on that drive, as best we know, his his car left the road at an interstate speed, went off the side of the road, and it rolled several times. It It was so damaged that when the rescue crew arrived, he had to be cut out of the car. Everything that happened after this just worked like clockwork, and we were very, very thankful for that. But his recovery took days, weeks, months. It took a long time.
1: So how did you hear what happened? Like you said, he didn't have his cell phone with him. And were you panicking because you couldn't reach him? Or or what was going on when you weren't sure what had actually happened?
2: Well, as you can imagine, um, one of the most frightening things that can ever happen Carol as a parent is to wake up and this this happened to us to wake up and realize that your son's not there and to start asking everyone else in the family and they don't know where he is and then we located his cell phone so we were really frightened at that point in time what eventually happened after a couple of hours of us being feeling pretty pretty stressed pretty worried about where he was, um was that a uh, um a police deputy came and told us uh, because we had been able to um notify them to watch out for the car they don't oh, allow okay. you to okay. they don't allow you to list people as a missing person mm-hmm. in less than 24 hours so the police officer pulled up and um Again, one of the most frightening things is to walk out the door of your house thinking you're going to see your son and have it be a police officer there.
1: And how did you deal with that? Was it fear? Was it guilt? What were your emotions?
2: Oh, I pretty much uh, just about collapsed. I'm a very strong person, Carol, but um, my legs almost gave out from under me. And uh, my first thought was, please tell us he's alive sure enough he said yeah he said he's been in a very serious accident but but he's alive my husband and i were able to go to the hospital where he was being treated and um we had family members there with us um it was hard to see him uh, in the hospital bed it was hard to to listen to everything that was going on um but over a very short period of time, he made an incredible recovery. That's amazing. I would say uh, that the 24-hour period from the time we realized he was missing till the time that the doctors basically said he's going to be he's going to be fine. Um, that was the most difficult part of our lives that we've ever been through, the darkest, the nope. most hopeless.
1: What were you feeling at that point? When you say hopeless, were you, because you are a woman of strong faith, Mm -hmm. did your faith kick in or did your fear kick in or was it a combination of the two?
2: It was an incredible combination of the two. Um, For those of us who have spiritual practices, and in my case, I'm a Christian, uh, a lot of us would lean into our beliefs. And that's exactly what I did. I, I began praying really hard. And I had friends and family praying and sending positive thoughts and hoping for the best. And um, so we had an incredible network of people who were Christian and non-Christian, just putting all they could into it. And um, I believe our prayers were answered.
1: Absolutely.
2: My husband later um, reached out to the man who was the head of the rescue team just to say, thank you so much. Thank you so much for everything. And the man uh, was... Probably 60 years of age or older, and you could tell he was quite seasoned Mm -hmm, and -hmm. and experienced. And John's, my husband's take was he was a man of few words. You could tell that. (laughs) So he wasn't, wasn't a big talker. And he basically told my husband, he said, Sir, I've been in emergency rescue for over 30 years. I've seen my share of terrible accidents. I'm here to tell you a higher power was involved because your son shouldn't have survived that accident.
1: Amazing.
2: Amazing. When you have people who who are in search and rescue who say something yes, like that. Yes, exactly.
1: That exactly. is amazing. And it gives you peace, doesn't it? It to does. To know that he was, he was, even though he had to go through such a phenomenal um, accident that God was still with him,
2: and and the other thing that was amazing to us was the per- the time period they got there so fast. From the time that the one person who saw him go off the road into the hills, <laughs> um, that one person called nine one one. These people were there within. 2 to 3 minutes because wow. they were all just happened to be that that lo- that closely located to the to the accident site and the thing that amazed me was hearing and witnessing how everything worked as it should y- mm. you hear stories that just horrify you of people failing to use the right practices in the rescue of a person or you hear of cars whose airbags fail to deploy in a serious accident none of that happened uh. everything worked as it should carol and i was so grateful for that so very grateful
1: no kidding Wow.
2: So the the other thing that was really cool is and and that we just are so thankful for was that Joseph's recovery from the time that we saw him open his eyes and start talking to us which was the next day it was the day after the accident. It was nothing short of a miracle too. Um he woke up faster than they expected. He recovered so fast that when we got him to some inpatient rehabilitation which is what people of serious accidents usually go to he went through all the evaluations with the physical therapist mm. the speech therapist the various uh, the occupational therapist everybody at the at the therapy unit and they came together to plan his treatment and one after the other they all said he doesn't need to be here he continues <laughs> to recover that fast mm. He He doesn't need
1: to be. He sounds like he probably had a lot of tenacity himself.
2: He's a very strong young man. He is. And he was bound and determined to to move as fast as he could. The other thing that was really cool was that we'd go see doctors for follow-up visits, as would happen uh, when you've got to see certain specialists. They were all amazed at how well he did, how well he, how quickly he recovered. One of them told me, I'm sharing his story with my fellow doctors. Ah. They're amazed at how quickly he's recovering. So I just, again, I call that another piece of the miracle. And this is the final thing I'll mention that's just absolutely really cool, Um, Carol while he was in the hospital, still recovering from the accident, so backing up a couple couple weeks, the college that he most wanted to attend sent him an email offering him a full ride academic scholarship.
1: <laughs> How wonderful!
2: Totally wonderful. And um, he went on, he took a little time off to to, to finish recovering from the accident, but then he went on to college. He's now in his uh, third year of college and he's maintaining that academic scholarship so that's how fully he recovered his major is mathematics oh. he is a math whiz oh, my put, word. put me and most people to shame <laughs>
1: well that's nice to hear that his brain obviously has been totally restored too <laughs> he does have a few
2: challenges because of the accident mm-hmm. but primarily yes his that's brain's a, that's doing really wonderful well.
1: absolutely so, what is the biggest thing that you personally learned through this experience? would you say or or more than one? whatever? What did you learn?
2: Well, I want to share with the listeners some life lessons as a parent coach, as a fellow parent, some life lessons that we experienced through all of this, and that I came out the other end, knowing, and especially focus on encouraging parents on the importance of Things like communication and gratitude. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think going back a little bit to your question here, it, you know, it's easy to say after the fact that you never gave up hope. <laughs> but there was a space where we were distraught. Mm-hmm. We were leaning into our spirituality, but we were just dis- in despair. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when the things, when your circumstances turn the corner, you can see and feel the hope in a really deep, dark place. And so even though there were a lot of things that we could have gotten upset about, we were clinging to um, the, the the positive steps, the small steps, the big steps, the incredible uh, progress he was making. Um, so part of my story is just living in the deep, dark space, but faithfully relying on prayer and on positive thoughts and on the support of all those around us Uh, one of the things we did i did daily during that time was thanking all those who was who helped us saying prayers of gratitude just being thankful focusing on gratitude for each and every small step that's
1: what that's it in a nutshell that's it every step being grateful for and the other thing I was thinking when you were talking about your son and his attitude I think attitude has such a tremendous impact on the healing process and he didn't give up you know he he stuck to his guns and he wanted to improve and he probably wanted to improve faster just to blow their minds and so that was that was his goal and it just sounds like the way you were talking like he wasn't surprised at his own progress even though everybody else was
2: <laughs> and and he did admit he, he had his struggles but the other thing was he leaned on us and so that's kind of an important message to share with listeners is the importance of being there for your loved ones the importance of being the strong shoulders that they can lean on when they need it. Um, it it's just so important and encouraging. So um, life lessons. Yes. That's what I wanted to talk about. And, and I mentioned this communication on many levels is so very important. If we stop and think about it, we often have surface conversations. Hi, how are you doing today? Uh What are you looking forward to um, doing after school? light conversations what's uh, things that 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 engage you and engage your children but don't go very deep. And then there's planning conversations. What do we want to do this summer now that we're all off for this for uh, summer break? What are some of the big trips we might like to take? What are some of the um, camps you might like to go to? What kind of experiences do you want to have? So planning conversations. They differ from the the surface conversations. And then something that really, really is important is reaching out and having these deeper conversations with your kids. You know, Carol, sometimes if you ask a, a real simple question, how are you doing? What what do you get what kind of response do you get from a teenager?
1: Probably whatever.
2: <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Fine. Okay. You usually get a one word, one or two word response and then they try to move on. One of the things I wish we had done was more deeply asked our son how he was doing. And I know that may sound difficult to do, um, to really get them to open up, but that's some of what I'm, I work with folks on nowadays that I didn't really know how to do with him at that point in time, um, the next point I want to make, and it's related to the deeper conversations, is showing your son or daughter that you are there for them no matter what. If they walk in the kitchen and you're trying to prepare supper, or if you're in the middle of working on a project out in the garage, and they walk up and they say, "Dad, I really need to talk to you," or "Mom, something's bothering me," if you can turn the burner off, if you can turn off the uh, the drill press. And just stop what you're doing. Make the time right then, because when they come to you, that's when you need to make mm-hmm. that time. To listen to them. And if if sitting still talking doesn't seem feel like working, like it's going to work, then say, let's go for a walk. Let's go shoot some hoops. Let's do something. But keep the conversation yes. going. Yes. And so checking, I I think this even as checking on their pulse, taking the pulse, you're putting Uh your finger on the pulse once in a while just to check and see. And so Joseph had mentioned to us that he was taking the drives, but I didn't stop to think maybe I need to try to encourage him to open up. And I wish I had. So one of the things I say here is tell them, wake me up, call me out of that meeting, whatever You need to do to get my attention. Do it. I'm here. I love you no matter what. I'm there for you with your struggles. I can help you brainstorm some things. Or I can at least provide a sympathetic ear and a shoulder to cry on if that's what you need. So that's so important. Um, One of the other things I want to suggest to parents that uh, I've heard of now is, create, possibly create a code word that says, help, I need you to, to stop what you're doing and listen to me right now. We're very busy people, especially parents. We've got so much going on, whether we're at home or at work or whatever we're doing. Sometimes our kids almost need a code word to get our attention. So why not create one and say, When you use that code word, I promise you, no matter what I'm doing, I'm stopping and I'm finding you and I'm coming to you. Transitions from adolescence to full adulthood takes years. We may be looking at a young man or a young woman who appears to be fully developed, but scientists have now found that it takes until 26 or 27 years of age for the human brain to fully develop. So the... Portions of the brain that are yet de- are still developing can impact the young adult's um, ability to to handle situations properly. Uh, practicing gratitude when you are anxious is a key component to never giving up hope, and it's a cornerstone of resiliency. It's not always easy to be grateful. My next life lesson, and this is important, practicing gratitude when you are anxious is a key component to never giving up hope. It's not always easy, but it is essential. One of the things that it is important for us to study as parents and to help our kids learn to do is become more resilient. So researching and learning about resiliency is, is a good thing, but gratitude is a big piece of this. Being able, even in the darkest of times, to look out the window and say, oh, look how blue the sky is. Wow, look at that gorgeous cardinal. Or just taking time mm-hmm. to enjoy a delicious cup of coffee and being grateful that you can take time and do that. Well, it right? switches
1: your focus, even for a moment, right?
2: Yes, absolutely. There's visual, visually being grateful for things, gratitude taking it into your heart. But you can also just give words of thanks, acknowledging things people are doing for others. As you're giving the gift of thanks, you are getting some wonderful uh, heartfelt emotions back. You might try writing in a gratitude journal or even writing old-fashioned thank you notes on pen and paper and sending them out. So practicing gratitude. It can, it can be a, a real foundational piece to helping find hope in the midst of dark times.
1: In the midst of dark times, finding hope. There is a there is a whole series of messages in that. So tell us now, what are some of the some of the things that you offer, the tools or uh, in your series for coaching family?
2: I have a number of things. Um, what I'll highlight is two different things that I'd really like to offer um, the listeners. I have a gift. That I'd like to offer people. It's a three part series that I call Overcoming Anger. And if people reach out to me, I will be happy to send this to them for free. They're time tested tools and ideas that will help your kids not only. Uh, better deal with anger, but frustration and other negative emotions. And what the way I've designed this, it helps you regardless of the ages and stages of your children's development. And it's it's just one of many ways that I can help parents smart parents smarter. You know, um, it also helps people get connected with the Fine tuned Families community. For those who are Christians, I have a ministry called Families of the Way, and I've created a series called Communicating with God and Family. And what we're focusing on is building stronger communication with our loved ones, which is so very, very important. Um, people can find out more about that by visiting familiesoftheway.com and my uh, Larger website for all parents, regardless of spiritual backgrounds and beliefs, is called Fine-Tuned Families.
1: Tell us a little bit more about the. Do you do one-on-one coaching, or is it strictly uh, videos that they watch, or what what do you offer in that respect?
2: So, I am. Uh, I have been a parent coach for about fourteen years now, and I'm passionate about helping families close the gap between wherever they are today and where they dream of being. And that takes support and encouragement and accountability. It also takes creativity. I work with parents. I work with parents and their older children. I sometimes coach teens by themselves or parents by themselves. It's, it's any combination of that. I also have some packages that I offer people, free things like the Overcoming Anger series or other free things. Uh, One of the other things that people could find on my website is called a Family Vision Board. And uh, it's a fantastic thing that helps families creatively plan for anything that they want to be doing, like, for example, planning how to make this a great summer. Mm -hmm.
1: What actually triggered this new career basically for you as a result of what you went through like where where was the connection that you realized that you wanted to help other people in this area
2: as i was amazed at watching joseph's journey and the journey of our family members i also realized that while we were while we were experiencing a lot of wonderful blessings. Um, There were also things that I wish I'd done differently. As I said, perhaps if we'd had a code word, perhaps if I had um, been encouraging Joseph to come give me an update periodically, we would have, he would have made a different choice instead of going for that drive. Because how different might things have been? That right there, in the nutshell, was what inspired me to create what I've created.
1: And what kind of results are you getting?
2: The people who've participated in the Communicating with God and Family series each have their own success stories to share. The people who've participated in the Communicating with God and Family have their own success stories to share. One woman in particular comes to mind, and when she began the series She was a bit despondent Mm -hmm. about her relationship with her daughter. And a couple sessions in, after she started practicing some of the things that we talked about doing, she came back and shared the amazing conversations she'd had with her daughter. And she was so grateful, she broke down in tears of happiness.
1: That must have just really touched your heart. It did. <laughs> it
2: really did.
1: And do you so. have couples that um, you coach together, or is it usually one? Absolutely.
2: Okay. Absolutely. I coach. I I coach individual parents, but I also coach couples because sometimes Carol, some of what people bring to me is a is a difference in parenting philosophies, and if. And, and as you know, there are many good ways to raise a child. There really are. But if you're, if the parenting philosophy or the parenting approach of the mom and the dad differ greatly, it can cause confusion in the son or daughter, and it can cause um, friction between the couple. A- an example might be one parent who is very, very focused on – um, keeping a peaceful household, not using um, schedules and routines and just um, being pretty free-spirited, if you want to call it that. And the other parent might be, let's say, retired military. And he or she wants to run the, the family like a, a, I don't know what you'd call that. The other parent might be Uh, Retired military, for example, and might want to use a lot of routines and structures in the way they're Mm -hmm. parenting their children. Mm -hmm. So you can see the opportunity there for confusion with the child and friction between the parents. I coach parents in person, I coach them via Skype, and I coach them via phone and combinations of that also.
1: So, in conclusion, Janet, what would be two or three things that you would like our listeners to take home with them today?
2: One, the first thing I would really encourage is an awareness that there are different types of communication with your family, whether it's surface planning and deeper communication, and to take a bit of an inventory of of what you're doing with each of those. Um, consider a code word, consider sitting your son or daughter down and saying, hey, if you really need me, no matter what, I will be there. Give me the code word if you need to. Uh, The other thing would be to practice daily gratitude and teach your kids how to do that. Really do that. Um, And the third thing would be to get this Overcoming Anger series. Uh, It's really helpful. It's straightforward easy to apply regardless of the ages of your kids and it helps us all learn how to better handle negative emotions in a healthy way.
1: Basically what I'm hearing you're say, you saying is it's not just encouraging but it's also very academic you know like there we need to be practical here. Could you tell us what the difference is between a coach and a counselor Janet?
2: That is such a great question, Carolyn. I get asked a lot. Coaches help parents, regardless of where they are, make forward progress on issues that they feel they're struggling with. Um, The line between coaching and counseling, in my opinion, is fuzzy or gray. Whether you can work with a counselor on an issue or a coach on an issue depends on what's inside of you. And what I would tell folks is that if this is something you've been struggling with for years, if you feel like you are at rock bottom and you cannot see a way out of this, that probably is something that is better suited to counseling or therapy than coaching. If on the other hand, you feel like you're in a fairly good place, but you're struggling with a couple of things, you're struggling with something regardless of the size of it, but you feel that with a little help and support, you can find a way forward, that may be a top of type, a type of situation where you'd want to reach out to a life coach.
1: Very good. Thank you for, for clarifying that. Thank so you, you have given us encouragement. You've given us tools, you've given us a foundation, and you also given us your story so that people can relate to you were at a place that felt hopeless and was able to turn that around. So you kind of were the whole package today, Janet.
2: (laughs) I'm just so thankful to be able to share this, Carol, because that's what I feel part of my my calling is now is to share this story and, and hopefully inspire and encourage people. There is
1: hope. Well, there when, are ways out of this. When you share a story from a positive perspective... You know, I mean, every story of devastation and hopelessness and and all the negative things that we go through in our life, you know, sometimes it feels like a bottomless pit, you know, and falling into the abyss of hopelessness. But every story, when we take it and approach it as you did and use that as our foundation and able to not only rise above that, but learn something from it. And that's exactly what you did. And that's what I love about my guests on this show because they didn't stay there. You got through it. You took what you learned and you're able to help apply it to other people to help them through similar experiences or just as as wisdom and knowledge and what we need to get through life. So that is awesome. The, The tips that you gave regarding families and communication, I mean, that can be used by any family no matter if they're going through problems or not, it's just foundational skills that you are giving. And that is very much, very, very much appreciated. doesn't matter where we live in this world. We have families. We need to know how to communicate. And that, is what, that is what you're sharing. And I thank you for that. This has been an awesome subject. And there'll be... um you know when i put everything in the show notes i'm sure that people will want to uh, connect with you and take this further because you basically as far as i can see just opened the door just mm-hmm. scratched the surface and so we want to move forward and i thank you so much for sharing also your your story because i know that always hurts even though you've on the other side now i mean there's always bringing up the past which has a little twinge or a big twinge and I thank you for sharing that from your heart as well anything else you'd like to share before we say goodbye
2: I just want to say again thank you so much for inviting me on the show and I thank you to all who've listened to what we wanted to talk about today and encourage people to connect with me that's It's in my heart to serve others.
1: I love that. Thank you so much, Janet, and goodbye.
2: Thank you, Carol. Goodbye.
0: Thank you for listening to Never, Ever Give Up Hope, featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one.